my kingdom Had to buy some harmony Now I'm flexing with my jewels You can tell I got a lot on me Grab another hero Feeling like I hit the lottery Farming, getting API Second prospects to the sky What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Intergrove Podcast. I'm here with Baby Punch, Sandwich Punch, RJ, who is a DeFi Kingdoms personality, and myself, Bloater Punch. So welcome, everybody. Um, RJ, how are you doing today? Doing great. Super excited. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate you so, having on, man. Yeah, glad to have you on. And I just want to kick off the discussion here. Um, how did everyone's PJ uh, activities go? RJ, how'd you do? Uh, I guess I can start. Um, I didn't expect heroes to double in price, <laughs> like all of us. But um, I ended up sending only two. I ended up selling, uh, sending a paladin and a summoner. They both had around a thirty-eight percent chance of survival. And they both survived, so got a little lucky there. There we go. Baby Punch, how'd you fare? Yeah, so I only sent 20 heroes, and um, I had 12 of them come back. So I had a really good success rate. I only sent three heroes that I really wanted to come back. So I sent a Mythic Knight, a Uncommon Sage, and a Common uh, Dragoon, and all three of those came back. So... I've got zero complaints. Honestly, I wish I had sent more heroes. Um, because, yeah, as RGA had mentioned, the floor for these PJ survivors was much higher than we even anticipated. I think so. I ran some calculations with Sandwich Punch before, and we anticipated we were running very conservative numbers of, you know, just five, maybe 10 jewel higher. And right now they're selling not quite double off the floor but huge benefit so it was really profitable to have uh to send for prayerless journey sandwich yeah so actually if you go to the the docs now this wasn't working previously i'll actually share my screen so people can see what's going on here um the crew records actually works now so Pop that screen out. So I just was counting it. Um, wasn't great in terms of odds, like, but I am very happy with it. I got 23 survive, and my loss at C was 24. So I was below 50%. But um, if anybody watched our last stream, I, the last group that I sent was a Gen Zero. I had three Mythics, a Legendary, and a Rare Dragoon. Those all those other ones were like the, uh, some basics, and then there was a mythic Dark Knight in there. But all of the mythics survived. The legendary Dark Knight survived, and the only one that didn't survive was the rare Dragoon from that. So of that whole thing, like that was like my um, I'm a magnum opus, I guess. So I was super excited about that. Those mythics are like monsters now. My archer. So, so baby punch. What was your biggest loss? And sandwich punch. Your biggest was a rare Dragoon. Rare Dragoon. Yeah. Uh, my biggest loss, a common summoner and an uncommon dark knight. I had a couple oh. rare, um, basics, but those are really, my, my biggest loss was my biggest loss was uh rare dragoon as well. Felt bad. Um, but, um, 
yeah, I see someone in the comments, Darth. Yeah, so there was a special interface where if you were a YouTube personality, you would hit, you know, you'd input your YouTube channel and then they gave you better results. So <laughs> we were super fortunate for that. Just kidding. But I sent like, so I sent like 20, I bought 20 floor heroes because I didn't want to miss out. So I bought 20 floor heroes, sent them, and I'm still not sure. I think it was probably a good decision in terms of financials. I still haven't done the math. I think it's it's either break even or slightly favorable. Um, and then I sent a bunch of um, like I sent like five rare ninjas and they all came back. But uh, I did lose a red dragoon. I sent a rare sage that came back. I have a friend. I'd said this on Tasha's stream. I have a friend who bought a legendary sage from me, and then he bought a legendary dark knight. Sent them both on PJ, both dead. Yikes! Oh, Yikes! So, yeah. So, Tosh, I don't know if you guys watch Tosh's stream. He's a great streamer. You should check him out. He sent three Dark Knights or Dread Knights, and they all came back. So, yeah, so I, I guess I'm just curious with you guys. What's your take on PJ now that we kind of know more? What's, uh, let's start with RJ. Thoughts on PJ? Good, bad? How do you feel like? What's your general take on it? I think overall, great. Um, you know, Baby Punch said this, but if we can go back in time, I would have definitely sent more. I, at that time, actually had 38 heroes and only sent two because I was actually very conservative with it. I generally don't like flipping coins at 38%. Um, <laughs> even though we summon at 14 or 22% <laughs> uh, mutation chances. But um, I definitely didn't expect... The value of those heroes to basically double in some cases even more than double um yeah baby punch thoughts yeah, on i wish i would have sent more because um and i just already had mentioned this that we ran very conservative numbers trying to pan out if it was going to be worth sending a bunch of heroes and you can make you were very profitable if you sent heroes because you got some uh, crystal if they survived you got some jewel from the death but um yeah you just made a lot of money off the floor especially floor i don't know how um it panned out with advanced and rare heroes but floor heroes were definitely profitable <clears throat> i think there's a really positive psychology and this isn't a commentary on the success but the positive psychology and we all feel this and we felt this before pj is i've spent so much time with my hero i don't want to sell my hero so there's like an ownership uh psychology like oh i love this hero, i don't want to get rid of it you know and so i think that's good for the game and then pj heightens that psychology you're like oh i i sent my rare ninja he survived like this guy's my boy like we're gonna go to the mall together. We're gonna get clothes together. We're gonna eat food together. So I don't know. For me, like I'm hesitant to sell anything that isn't floor or isn't like a common basic because you know, like they're PJ and I don't know. Like maybe I'm stupid. Sandwich, your thoughts on PJ overall? Uh, I really liked it. I thought it was a really cool idea. It it like everything that the team does has a lot of uh, viewpoints on both sides like a lot of people who do and don't like it i personally am a huge fan of it the burning was helpful and yeah i get it like the those numbers are going to go back up as people summon again but having a burn every now and then is always good for the uh, economy and i think the people that got hit the hardest with the burn are the people who sent the most i mean i was well under 50 percent and 
Um, I I think the rewards are really cool. It was just a really uh, fun and engaging way to give people an opportunity to get some cool airdrops and like, you know, roll the dice at the casino, which I think people really like. You know, if you're into summoning in DeFi kingdoms, you like to roll the dice and you're you're like an habitual gambler. <laughs> a degen, if you will. Exactly. So again, my, okay, so here's, and again, just playing a little devil at, devil's advocate here. If you're, if you've got a couple heroes, right? And this is the kind of people we want to attract. We want to attract new wallets. We want to attract smaller wallets, right? There's so many more of them. We want adoption. And if you've got three heroes, so here's a scenario. Scenario one, you send them all. They don't come back. You feel super stupid, okay? Which happens. So I'm seeing in the chat, people like, one guy said, I own six heroes, sent all of them, only one survived. Darth Towley, my thoughts and prayers go with you and your family. So number two, and he's a small wallet, right? Darth is a small wallet. He's only got six heroes. So that doesn't feel good. But then the other side of the coin is, if you want to be serious about DFK as a small wallet, you need PJs with these 15 stat boosts because you know you're going to need to compete. You know, this is what the game's about. It's about PvP. It's about heroes interacting. So if you don't have the 15 stat boost, you're like, what do I do now? Why do I even own the heroes? So I know some people are saying this, but to me, it kind of felt like you had to send. If you were serious, you had to send. And so while I think it is fun, I don't like that the had to send feel or mechanic. Um, I think I would have liked higher odds of survival and lower rewards. And so it's like, oh, it's super fun, and most of us survive, and we get some rewards, and there's some burn. But the amount of burn and the amount of pain, I think, wasn't, I don't know. I felt like it was a non, and I'm not just talking about whales and um, whales and non-whales. I'm just saying, I'm not sure it was a player-friendly at the end. I mean, I did enjoy it. I'm not sure it was player-friendly, but tell me why I'm wrong. Anyway. My thoughts, but I'll leave it up to RJ and Baby Punch if they have anything RJ, first. am I wrong? I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> I don't think you're wrong. I, I think off of that. And that's the stream. Thanks for coming, everybody. Just kidding. <laughs> Peace out. Um, I, I think, you know, off of what you're talking about, like, if you're a smaller wallet, you do have to take more risks. If you have six heroes, assuming a 50 jewel average, that's 300 jewel times four. That's $1,200. Um, so that's still, you know, compared to the medium, pretty small. You, you do need to take risks. And that's why I see a lot of people do the summoning and do all the side quests um, and all the airdrops because there's no other way to go from, I'll just say 10,000 to 30,000 in, in, or, or, or 1,000 to 30,000 in, in, in dollar value. If you hit a Gen Zero through one of those raffles, it could be huge. Um, if you went land, that could also be huge, but I definitely agreed because I see people just doing quests and expect to kind of pay off their heroes that way, but right. it's, uh, it's a uh, questionable because bloaters can be lucrative. Let me tell you, <laughs> someone who has gone deep on bloaters, baby punch. Am I wrong? Yeah. Do you think you have so stronger I'm feelings? I'm going to get this? my opinion here. I think there's a misconception that, um, only the strongest heroes are going to be able to play this game. Like, if you don't have the money to get the strongest hero, like, don't worry about it. Quit trying to have the biggest, baddest hero in DFK. You don't need that. 
the hero, the people who can't afford to go for that, just stop worrying about having the biggest hero. This game, and this is just my opinion, because I don't really know, but I have to feel it's not just going to tailor to the people who have the Dread Knights and the Mythics. Like, you're going to still be able to play this game if you have heroes, and it's going to tailor towards, um, you know, there's going to be, and this is just my opinion, but I think there's going to be groups of the strong heroes, the big wallets. There's going to be people who are low, uh, smaller wallets with common heroes that are going to be fighting and being able to quest and do PvP and PvE. Like, I just don't think people need to worry about having the strongest, most, uh, you know, stat-based hero min maxed hero that you can get in dfk i just don't think you need to have that if you can't afford to do it then stop worrying about having that yeah there's a ton of speculation we don't even know how it's all going to come together yet so you're right i guess in that you know we could end up with a system in six months that looks way different than we all assume it will look and maybe of course you'll be incentivized to have a strong hero but maybe there will be incentives i don't i don't know how those structure incentives for bad heroes but hopefully that works sandwich punch yeah to piggyback a little bit on what Baby Punch said, it, is a mythic Dread Knight going to be able to participate maybe in tournaments that will pay better rewards than what a common archer is going to? Probably. But, I mean, they paid more, a lot more money for that hero. Um, but is yeah. the... If you, you're inferring brackets, hey, mythic, uh, mythic Dread Knights compete differently than common basics, but... But it's still the again, and I want you to talk about this and tell me if I'm wrong about thinking about this. But if I have a common mage and I don't send them, and this is where I, I felt like you had to send them because you're still going to be competing with common mages, and right. some of them will have come back and have the 15 stat boost. Is that still part of this? Yeah, I, like that's the thing is I don't think I don't think that they're, they're just. I mean, they've made so many comments like, guys, we're we're working on balancing this out. We're working on some sort of system. Huber has mentioned that they're working on some sort of eye level system that that would that would make it so that you know the mythic dread knight you know peel off mythic dread knight isn't going to go and just curb stomp every hero in the game i mean they these guys aren't idiots okay i mean that that is how a game like developed by like elementary school kids would be developed so like i have some faith that they're going to have some sort of balance system whether it's mmr whether it's equipment level eye level like they're gonna it's gonna you know you're Maybe it makes time takes time for the MMR to like work its way out, but I think you're you're never going to be just feeling like you will can never win anything. So that's one thought. Another thought is that like let's just take like the land the immediate coming up PVP element the land tournaments. So you didn't send your guy, so you didn't get the and he didn't or let's say you sent your guy, he died, or you didn't send your guy. In any case, you've got you're left with a hero that doesn't have the plus 15 stats. So if you look at the numbers that Hubert gave us, I'm gonna share my screen here. This was on the announcement that they just gave Wednesday, kind of was also a little AMA. Hubert gave us some details. So if you take a step back, your guy is one level, he didn't get the level up that survivors got, and he didn't get the plus 15 stats. There's other benefits too. But I'm just talking about as it relates to this upcoming land tournament. So he's out maybe what? At most eight stats on a particular stat. So Hubert said if the difference was 10, so you're not even going to be 10, you'd be eight at most, probably closer to five. A five point stat difference 
all other things equal would only equal like a swing of 3% one way or the other. And it's best out of seven. So I don't even think that good as far as these land tournaments go, they're not that much at an advantage. And like, if you really think that you just got devalued that much because of a three point swing, well, let's call it seven, right? So like the 10 point, a 10 stat difference would be a 10 a 10% swing. So let's cut it down the middle and call it seven, right? A 7% swing. So 43, 57%. Like, I, I just don't think it's that much. So, um, although I guess we didn't know this going in and this is where I feel like it's a little less friendly where maybe if he had published, maybe if we had more information going in and then it would be like, okay, I don't feel like I have to send my heroes. And then when I lose all my heroes, I feel really stupid. Um, Jonathan Hicks from the stream did point out, we keep talking, we always focus on PVP, but one thing that's a really good point is there's going to be PVE. So let's say you don't have a mythic dread knight. You can still go earn, you can go play PVE. You can risk through PVE. You can generate through PVE. So that's, that's also a fair point. One thing I wish, and again, I think this is a little lazy on DFK's part, slightly lazy. Again, I think PJ is a cool idea, but why not make it slightly skill-based? Okay. So I'm just going to throw, this is paint on the wall here. I'm throwing this out. What if, again, high level, I, I don't work for DFK. So high level though, there was like a map and you could like plot your route and you had information about how other people. And so it became like a game theory concept. So you had to like essentially outthink everyone else. What will everyone else do? And how can I increase my odds of survival? That would have felt better than I rolled the dice. All my heroes died. I had no say on it. I don't know. So the coin toss programming method in a play to earn game feels a little lazy and I wish they would have done more. RJ, any, you know, like bad idea, good idea, fair, unfair. What do you think? Um, I'm always for, you know, games and projects with more skill. So if it's more skill based where you can actually grind on it, whether it's chess, like, or auto chess, like, um, you know, like the, the first game that I've always uh, kind of thought of was uh, TFT or Teamfight Tactics, if anyone has played it. Um, you know, you never want to put your archers or your priests in the front, obviously, because they're not your tanks. So positioning is important. And yeah, I just think that if there's skill, skill-based uh, concept in it, it's I, I would like that Feels more. Feels better. Yeah. And then if I lose, if all my heroes die, I at least am able to say, oh, I realized that I did these things wrong. Even if it was a game theory thing where you're working with like slightly imperfect information and you thought, okay, I'm going to take this route because I think everyone will take this route because no one's there right now, that kind of thing. And again, that's kind of vague, but just some kind of way to influence the outcome as opposed to, opposed to coin toss. So I don't know, Sandwich Punch, would that have been cool? Am I asking too much? Um, I mean, I think it would have been cool. I don't... I don't know how complicated something like that would have been to develop. I mean, that sounds like a whole new, I mean, we're having a hard time even getting combat out. So it sounds like it would have been a very distracting project, but yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Hold on. I, I got one quick yeah, uh, yeah, please. comment here and this was kind of bouncing back to sandwich punches comments on the stats and the tournaments. So we were kind of comparing some of our heroes and Sandwich Punch had mentioned he's got an archer that had 30 decks and was just like top tier. So I went and looked at my heroes and I have a common or an uncommon archer 
that is level five, and he has more stats as far as strength, dex, and endurance than my level six Gen Zero legendary archer. So there's more to it than just, okay, and he didn't even get the plus five because I didn't send him on Perilous Journey. So if you have good luck in your level ups, like you can very easily still compete. It's not the end all be all if you didn't yeah. make it on this journey. Like, and like Sam pointed heroes. out, stat differentiation, especially within a smaller, like a five to 10 cap, yeah. it's like nothing, right? Yeah, or so you can nominal. still be competitive, even if you didn't send. Like if you have some good level ups, like you're still very much in this game. Um, yeah. So again, I'm going to assume Sandwich Punch and Baby Punch are saying overall PJ felt good, correct? Overall PJ, good, right? Thumbs up. RJ, good? Absolutely. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I want to, you know, transition, unless we have any more PJ, to just Crystal Vale. I know we've talked about it before, but I think it's relevant. Um, you know, just like high level, uh, you know, let me, I'd like Sandwich Punch to talk about this. I have a thousand bucks. I'm a new wallet. What should I be doing if I want to participate in Crystal Vale? And like, what should I be doing right now? Not financial advice. I would, my personal opinion would be to just buy Jewel right now and have it ready to, I think that I, I see from here. So we're 11 days out. I see it just kind of going up as more and more people realize that you've got to have Jewel to earn Crystal. And Crystal will have, you'll have that opportunity to earn a lot of locked Crystal at a higher APR. So they won't have immediate value, but that's the longer term play for the most, you'll get the most bang for your buck. You'll have to wait longer for it. You know, 95% lock rate versus the current Serendale Gardens, but that's, you know, people who get in early on Crystal, those will be the people, you know, that have bigger locked balances and and can make more value out of those long term, especially if this project really it blows up like we all, we think it will. So, um, again, if you want to participate in Crystal Vale, one idea would be right now, buy some Jewel, probably maybe put it in the bank, I don't know, or just hold it. And then the second Crystal Vale opens, Stake your stake your jewel in Crystal Bay Gardens, correct? As far as I'm concerned, I think that's the only thing you can do. It's the only thing. There's nothing more you can really do to prep for Crystal Bell other than just buy and hold jewel. I would I would put it in the bank so you don't suffer any impermanent loss from. I mean, we're not that far away. We're 11 days from the launch, so I would put it in the bank personally just so you don't suffer any impermanent loss being in the gardens if the price does spike and then just be ready with have your metamask have uh the avalanche network ported or i guess yeah does dfk chain have their own um rpc they probably don't huh uh sam's punch you're muted. you're muted yeah i'm guessing we'll get all those details that it'll okay. be it'll be uh just another Pro- rpc so probably just have uh avalanche rpc updated know how to bridge the jewel over to avalanche and just have the mechanics down but just as far as financially just hold jewel if that's okay if you're preparing so i saw a comment in chat and this is big brain so if you guys want big alpha i'm going to drop it right now 
The futures market on bloaters is going to explode. Jay Allen, I see you. There are no bloaters in Crystal Vale. So if you are looking for a big play, <laughs> you double down on bloaters right now. Pete, you are going to be – people are going to be wanting that bloater meat. They're going to want it in their potions, and guess what? They're not going to have it. So, bam, you buy your bloaters. You stock up on 10 million bloaters. You get them on a ship over there, cargo ship them over there. Boom, bloaters. RJ, um, any thoughts on your, you know, you weren't here last week. Any um, Crystal Vale thoughts? What's your strategy, your opinion? How are you going to play this? Uh, probably the same exact thing as Baby Punch. I mean, the, the only thing you could really do is, is I mean, you can't send stuff to PJ anymore. So the only thing you could do in the meantime is pick up PJ heroes with good value um, and just scout the tavern if you have the time. Um well, but RJ, I guess my question is, you don't have unlimited funds, neither do I. Are you, you know, in, so you don't have unlimited capital. How are you planning on allocating the capital? So to Baby Punch's point, you need Jewel to stake it in uh, the gardens. But, you know, some people have their money tied up in heroes. Some people have their money tied up in gardens and are trying to decide, should I put more money into crystal? So like, what are you thinking of doing? Are you allocating additional funds or are you reallocating existing funds? Yeah, not not financial advice, um, but I'm I'm personally gonna buy a bit more. I do like the price right now, and I I think if they execute, and I, I know that they they will execute Crystal Well pretty well. I mean, that that's a huge confidence booster because a lot of people doubt DFK and doubt that they will do it successfully. So if they do, I, I do see it going up. So for me, it's an allocation of, um, yeah, I mean. Off of what Baby Punch said, just keep it in the bank. I don't want to suffer impermanent loss. I think it, it will go up. Um, and in the meantime, I'm going to be selling more of my heroes because I think I'll be better off in Jewel, in Crystal, uh, staked. Okay, I wanted to pull something up. Sandwich Punch, can you let me share? How do I share here? Uh, yeah, just go to share your screen and then I can uh, grant All access. Right. One, th one other thing too, you know, Wander mentioned this is you're 11 days out so you will get hit with withdrawal fees they won't be like crazy if you deposit into the gardens right now and then withdraw but it will you know you will get hit with withdrawal fees if you want to pull out of the gardens and you only have it in there for you know a week or so all right are you ready for me to yep please let me share so this um i don't know if you guys can see this yet but this is the jewel chart so I mean, I don't know when, so Jewel was right here or, you know, around here. So 380, 390, I think, you know, I'll be honest, part of me thought, and I'm still heavily invested in DFK. I was getting extremely nervous right here. So waking up and seeing this growth as we, you know, obviously I really don't think it's tied to Crystalville. I think it's just tied to the general markets doing extremely well right now. And Jewel is tracking with it. Um, I think before what was super scary is Jewel was not tracking with the market. The market was recovering and Jewel was down. So if you plant, if you plotted like pre-December or maybe pre-January, if you plotted the Jewel relative to Bitcoin, Jewel outperformed Bitcoin. It felt that way. I, I haven't done the analysis. I believe that was the case. So when Jewel was at 20 bucks, 22 bucks, I don't remember Bitcoin all-time hyming or, you know, I think Bitcoin was struggling. So DFK had some independence. And then I saw some really concerning things where, Bitcoin was recovering and Jewel was still struggling. That's extremely bearish. But now, you know, market's doing well and Jewel's doing well. So I'm extremely excited. I personally believe not financial advice, but Jewel is definitely still a buy at 476. And I'm holding a lot of Jewel right now. And I believe 
um, Crystal Veil will generate, you know, a ton of velocity, a ton of interest in Jewel, and that the price of Jewel will spike. So I just, I want to show this. I know most of you are already looking at the price, but knowing that Jewel has recovered significantly from this kind of 380, 390 slump feels very good. Uh, again, like I said, uh, related to the market. So, I mean, any, I mean, it's hard. You can stop sharing my screen sandwich, but any, you know, price prediction, any thoughts on that? I mean, if you don't want to guess, you don't have to, but Sandwich Punch, Baby Punch, RJ, any thoughts on what, what are, and maybe not even price prediction, but what kind of impact could we expect in a successful launch from Crystal Vale? What, what can we expect? So I'll go, and I can't remember who it was, but there was an Avalanche uh, core team member. I'm trying to recall this because I'm going to absolutely butcher the numbers, but I want to say he said you could probably expect, you know, 500 million to come into DFK. This was a long time ago. This it was, was before. Uh, Luigi on. Yeah. Um, Luigi on uh, Jewelcast. Oh, okay. So, yeah. And I'm sure that was just speculating and there was nothing really based on that number except for all I do know that they've got a lot more hype. They've got uh, the Avalanche in conference in Spain, and I know they're going to be one of the main events there. So that could really bring in a lot of hype and eyeballs to the project. It could be accurate. It could be a lot higher. It could be a lot lower. Honestly, we're just speculating at that point. But in my opinion, DFK is in a really good spot, and they are in the spotlight for Avalanche at the moment. So, so let me ask a better question to Sandwich Punch and RJ then, and thank you, Baby Punch, for that. Maybe a better question would be, what price will Jewel have to hit for you to consider Crystal Veil success? Or is that not related? You could still see Jewel trading at what it is, and Crystal Veil can still be a success. Um, yeah, I think if, if Jewel, if, if Jewel, the price of Jewel stayed the exact same, even with Crystal Vale, and we saw a lot of TVL coming in from the Avalanche network, um, I would be really disappointed. I would be super disappointing, you know, if like, let's just assume Bitcoin remains steady, it's trading sideways, everything else is kind of trading sideways. Cool. Yep. Like that would be super disappointing because this is like, this has been a fundamental like piece of the roadmap. Um, right. I don't see that happening. And if it, if it did, I would, I would expect that at the same time, we're probably seeing a lot of downward movement in Bitcoin and the rest of the market. So personally, I, you know, people have been in the chat saying like $10, $9 and then 12 to 13. I wouldn't be surprised to see, I hate price predictions. I really hate price predictions. <laughs> I don't even know if I, I want to say. I don't even know if I want to say anything. But I think you've said no. But you said some things that are meaningful. Um, I guess here's a question for RJ. And by the way, I see you, Enoch, FPV, and like me and you need to get lunch because we're on the same wavelength. Um, but um, RJ, do you wish we don't know what's going to happen with Crystal and we don't know the price action? Do you wish that you had been in the meeting? where Frisky Fox had first pitched the idea to the team, assuming that's how it was structured. And he was like, hey, guys, we're really not going to even make a game, okay? We're going to make these heroes, but we're really not going to make a game. We're going to focus 90% of our resources on expanding to AVAX 
and screw the game loop for now. We'll figure out the game later. Do you wish you would have been like, time out, time out, time out. We should do a game first, Frisky, or are you still behind the strategy to allocate the resources for the launch versus a game? I'd be pretty sad because I'm a gamer <laughs> and I love <laughs> games. Um, but if they, you know, uh, they're pretty smart people. Um, if they decide, I'm not sure what happened to my computer. Um, if they do decide that it's the best, you know, foot forward to to allocate 80, 90 percent of uh, resources, then you know, I I, I trust their 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 decision because they've made pretty good decisions over um, the last half a year. And but I would love to see a game ASAP. <laughs> Yeah, ugh, I don't know. Sandwich Punch, you feeling pretty good about Crystalville? You feeling good about not producing a game and focusing the efforts on non-game mechanics? So, I, you know, I'm 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 obviously like a DeFi Kingdoms bear, and I'm a moderator in Discord. I, I, I just, I don't think. Like there's no there's no evidence like I, I just think it might be a logically false argument to say that by doing so that the game would have come out faster like i don't i don't have any evidence that would prove like i don't know what how like because perhaps like let's just say they didn't launch crystal yet like let's say that was scheduled for like q4 we might still be in the exact same spot in terms of gameplay although if that's um, true that's pretty bearish given that they have a massive team and i mean this is what someone from the chat enoch is like hitting the nail on the head here for me which is um people didn't stay so some of the negative price pressure down is that people want a game loop expect a game loop didn't get a game loop left and so your point is hey your your thesis is incorrect because even if they hadn't focused on christopher we might not have a game which I'm like, what the heck are they doing then? So, but if that is the case, that's a fair comment, Sandwich Punch. But let's assume in a thought experiment that we would have a game loop by now or some kind of game loop outside of questing. Do you still, are you standing behind the Crystal Veil strategy? Uh, if like, if if we hadn't done Crystal Veil, we would have had a game loop by now. Um, yes. One, I think we we would love to have it but you there's a lot of things that you have to like you have to be thinking about as well like if we don't get to these other chains avalanche is a very big chain it's very big for gaming now i mean it's one of the top tvl chains one of the top market cap coins if you don't get out to some of these chains you are you know risking somebody else copying your project and getting there before you do and first to market is a big deal and while yes it would be like okay so how let's just say hypothetically and i don't believe this is the case it pushes the gameplay out three months because they focus on crystal veil i still think that's a way like astronomically better situation than somebody potentially copycatting it which by the way i've had people reach out to me with white papers and be like hey man could you like take a look at this and i'm like wow this is exactly like DeFi kingdoms they're like we're gonna launch on uh, avalanche and i'm like oh wow yeah. well you know they're launching on avalanche right like yeah but we're, i think we're gonna try and make it there first so it's like this i think it's important to get there first and establish your presence get the tvl locked up and get okay, that but time out let base. me maybe i'm not you know more about this than me so maybe this is the wrong way to think about this 
but there's like 20 blockchains that we could expand to. So you're saying we have to be, you know, why aren't we on Solana? Why aren't we on Ethereum? Why aren't we on, you know, like by that argument, we should never have a game and we should just expand to all blockchains. Is that correct or no? Well, I mean, their their model, the model has always been to just do like four expansions. So I mean, that's how I have interpreted the AMAs and like the way that the, you know, the classes are structured. It's all built on like having 16 base classes. And so I don't think like expanding to all blockchains has ever been like the goal, but like four EVM compatible, high TVL, high volume chains is I think been the business model from the beginning. Hmm. Baby punch. Yeah. Thoughts Samich... on expansion versus game, any of this stuff. Sandwich punch said it well. Um, there's a market share grab and from business side, you can either try to expand and grab as much market share as you can, or you can spend the time in honing in your product and perfecting it and making it the best product while other companies out there mimic what you've already done. You've already had a successful launch. You saw massive success in price and in gameplay and tokenomics, and that's just destined to be copycatted. So your your race against either perfecting the game and developing it or grabbing some market share. And I, I believe that the first step is definitely to lock in some market share and not to fully set aside developing the game um but i do think that that is the right call to lock in some of that market share uh early and, and just secure it got it okay um that was all i had for the stream today um any last thoughts sandwich punch baby punch or rj in that order Because I did want to share one thing for a giveaway sandwich, but I want to get yeah, you yeah. guys. Yeah, um, No, I, I don't think so. I I know that let's all stay tuned for because they said that I think he said Mr. Fawn. There was a couple people on the DeFi Kingdom's core team that are working on some docs that are going to like clearly lay out. Here's how you can get your money onto DFK chain. Here's what you're going to do. Here's the op. Like here's how the single staking is going to work. Here's how the you know. We already know how the crystal admission is going to work. That's in the doc. So all those details are coming out soon. I mean, we're 11 days away, and they said they will give us enough time to make the moves we need to make. So what you do know at this point is that Jewel will be needed. We'll get our air, crystal airdrop to us. Um, and so it's, it's starting to – and the crystal will be airdropped on DFK chain. So you'll have options. Like, do you hold that and wait to pair it with some LP? Do you sell it? immediately into jewel and stake all that jewel for more crystal uh tons of options to fit your investment like strategies and risks risk appetites baby punch any last thoughts um yeah and this is completely off topic we haven't even touched on this and we don't need to have a conversation on just food for thought so they just launched kingdom studios and to me that means that there is going to be different branches and arms to this project to i i kind of think of as google when they rebranded to what was it alphabet AD, alphabet yeah the alphabet like that is now the parent company google is now one of their legs that they stand on and so who knows what's coming down the line who knows if mm -hmm. dfk is just one of their branches uh they've got dfk chain that could be another 
what else do they have in store? Why did they rebrand to Kingdom Studios? So that's just uh, something that's kind of stewing in the back of my mind. What else do they got cooking that could potentially come and you know be bullish for the project? Awesome. RJ, thanks for coming on the stream. Any last thoughts? Um, a, a few last ones. Um, I, I've been in a lot of projects, Ethereum, Solana, uh, Harmony, and I just got to say that DFK is the least money-grabbing platform <laughs> project I've ever seen. They've had so many opportunities to money-grab, and if they really wanted to, they could have and they would have. So That's seeing bullish. good people together makes me extremely bullish, and I don't care if they... You know, they hit like $3 and something, you know, one day or two days. And I wasn't too concerned. Um, I just thought that was another good time to kind of buy in. I am very bullish. Um, and another thing is, you know, we were talking about price predictions, not financial advice. Um, I, I do hope to see at least six, seven, eight. If I don't, I'm not disappointed after Crystalville, but I think that's a good benchmark in my opinion. Um, and when everything was crazy at 15, 20, 22, dollars per jewel uh, people were starting to do the math of if dfk reached the market cap of or jewel reached the market cap of for example axie infinity right the the price per jewel would have been 50 60 70 i forgot what it was i think sandwich or, or i forgot who did it on on medium but someone did the math on it um i never thought that would ever go up to 50 60 but i was always bullish um but yeah, those are my last few thoughts. I just think that we're we're in a project that uh, you know, full of people and good people that aren't money grabbers. And yeah. I want to see it. I want to see it last long term and and be developed correctly and of quality over you know trying to push out a game when uh, that's the money grabbing opportunity. Awesome. Okay. Um, uh, Sandwich Punch, can I share my screen? I want to just show a quick giveaway opportunity for you guys. Let me know when it's sharing. You're good. It's sharing. Okay, so this is a game on Steam. The reason I bring this up is me, especially Baby Punch, Sandwich Punch as well, we're huge into, we loved Dota Chess, Auto Chess. We loved, uh, what was that terrible Valve game? <laughs> what was that called? I hate it. Uh, Underlords? Baby Punch. Words. Yeah, Underlords. Ugh. Underlords. I mean, I've well, played I played it a lot. I like Underlords. I like I Underlords. I, I, still played, I still play Knockout. Team Fight Tactics uh, for RJ, but we're into that genre, the auto battler genre. This is a new Steam game. Uh, we have some codes for giveaway. We're not going to do a giveaway on stream. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put Sandwich Punch on the spot, and he has to come up with a prompt, and we will select nine winners. So if only nine people post, but you have to comment on this video. And Sandwich Punch is going to give you a prompt. It doesn't have to be a novel. Let's say 100 to 200 words, maybe even less. And Sandwich Punch is going to ask you a question, either relating to DFK or relating to auto battlers. And you guys are going to write, and whoever pick, we're going to pick the nine best quote prompts, and you guys will get free Steam codes. So in your response, be sure to include your Discord ID and or your email, and we will get you the nine codes. So nine best respondents to comment on this video to the prompt Sandwich Punch is going to give us right now sandwich punch so this is not in a like not in the live chat like you're saying not in the live chat on the video comment after, on the video after it goes live correct okay. and prompt. by the way while sandwich i'm gonna give sandwich punch a little more time to think i've played 131 matches and you were like i wonder if 
Chubba Wubba, a.k.a. Bloater Punch, is any good at this game. 76% win rate. Not bad. Let's go to the leaderboards. Seventh in the world. Now, what I need is more people playing this so I can feel better about myself, about being number seven in the world. Still a very new game. I, in terms of mechanics, I am very impressed. I think it does a lot of things right. Um, let me just, again, a little more time for Sandwich to think. Um, you get to set up your own draft. So you have these pre-selected heroes and abilities. And you so like so you set up your draft, and your draft is different than their draft. So in in something like Underlords, everyone's essentially working from the same pool. This is not like that. This is you get to draft your set up your own draft, set up your own powers, and then you draft off of your selection. And it's only one v one. That's the other nuance, which I think is refreshing. So it's a new it's a new take on the auto battler. I've enjoyed it. Um, I feel good about myself when I win. So. Um, check it out. We're going to give away nine free codes to the nine best prompts and sandwich punch blow us away. Yeah. Yeah. Also guys, um, we're not like getting, um, like we're not getting into games guys. It's just anything. a quick, just, we yeah. like auto battlers and this is a um, one-off. This is a brand new game. We asked if they had any that they wanted to share, like codes they wanted to give away. So, uh, the prompt is this, and it can be as short as you want. Tell me in the comments, the um in divide kingdoms of the world uh, tell me how all of the bun buns were just eradicated i don't like bun buns i hate the bun bun um what tell me what event happens in the defi kingdoms world lore based however it is short story you know one sentence whatever it is they all get eradicated how did it happen nine most creative responses um, get a free code get a free code awesome Thanks everyone for attending the stream. RJ, appreciate you participating today. Bamage, uh, baby, Bamage Punch. Bamage it's when punch. Sandwich Punch and Baby Punch fuse into their ultimate form, Bamage Punch. Uh, baby Punch and Sandwich Punch, thanks for joining the screen or the stream, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. I'm struggling. See you guys All later. Right. Happy weekend, guys. <laughs>